Welcome to Badass Body Workers. We are an empowering community of inspirational female body workers who help you overcome the fears, excuses, doubts, blocks, and obstacles in your way so you can create the prosperous business and fulfilling career that you deserve. Join me and my powerhouse colleagues to learn the secrets to success that you never learned in school so that you can thrive rather than just survive in the spa and wellness industry. We appreciate your support by subscribing and pushing play. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Today, we're, we are with my friend and colleague and fellow badass, Jordan Persons. She currently resides in Denver, Colorado, and has a little bit of the travel bug, just like me, and a little bit of the can of bug, too. <laughs> so we wanted to talk about one of our favorite topics, which is cannabis, mother ganja, hemp, all the good stuff. And Jordan is the resident expert in CBD and everything cannabis. So I wanted to welcome her to the show and just chat about the best substance on this planet. Besides water, of course, water's important. <laughs> Hi, Jordan. Hi there. I like that you're comparing cannabis to water. <laughs> it's about as important <laughs> in my life. I would, I would definitely say most days, I think I actually wake up and consume cannabis before I consume water. So Same. <laughs> I know they're pretty, uh, pretty even in my book too. Awesome. So you have a really colorful history with your background in the industry and how you got into it. And you're not just a massage therapist and body worker, but you're also a nurse, which is even more awesome. And of course, adds some more credibility. And with all this stuff that you've gone through, I really wanted to share it with my audience because you just have such a really interesting, such an interesting story. So I wanted to share that. Well, thank you. Uh, I love you and I love badass body workers and I love everything that you do for the massage community as a whole. So it's, it's my, my pleasure and my honor to talk with you today. You actually were one of my, my very first students in 2017. And so 2017 or 2018, either way, you were in one of those first groups. And so I've just always appreciated you so much for just being the type of practitioner that's on the cutting edge. You you're always looking for what's next in the massage industry. And it's just, it's why, you know, you belong in the massage hall of fame because you're just you're you're that type of person and so I want to get that out of the way first <laughs> you're so sweet you're just trying to flatter me girl no it's you're just I trying speak, to get me to go back up to Denver <laughs> I speak truth also that um, but yeah so I mean taking it way back my relationship with cannabis began when I was 16 years old um, one of the very first times I consumed it I said that it made me feel normal and I remember, you know, a couple of friends laughing at me and they were so high and I just felt like this calm, I don't know, like it just felt like how I was supposed to feel. I don't know how else to describe that. And so, you know, as the years went on, um, I became a nurse and I did that for several years. Then I became a massage therapist. I did that for several years and then I got really sick. And so this now takes me to 2010 and I had pain in my right side that was misdiagnosed, undiagnosed, whatever. And they started doing every test you can possibly think of. And the craziest part was everywhere they looked, they found something, but it wasn't the reason I was in pain. And I just would, was given one pharmaceutical pill after another, after another, after another. And all of a sudden I was 29 years old and I was on 13 pharmaceutical drugs. And it was like, what? <laughs> like, how is, how is this medically sound? And I just, I was sicker every day. At least it felt that way. And every time I tried to, to say that to a physician, they would just be like, oh, here, take this pill. You know, you're having a side effect from the other pill. So now you need this pill. And it just got to the point where it was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> If I stay here, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to die if I get one more prescription put into this body and, um, and they, the they ended up, it, you know, like yeah. physical pain, the, I mean, anxiety, you know, I was on either Xanax or Valium at the time. I was also on the, you know, changing antidepressants because it would work for a short period of time. So like that was in the mix of the 13, you know? 
And I was still in Florida at this time. All of my friends were just like, wow, you know, you can't even go to the grocery store without smoking pot. And it was like, I can't go to the grocery store without consuming cannabis because it's the only thing that makes me feel better. That's you the know, all time I pills. avoid. Yeah. The, the pills like were making me so sick that like when I consumed cannabis, it was the only thing that made me feel better. And I mean, I was getting edibles from California in Florida. You know, I was, I was doing anything I could. And my stepfather, he had his medical cannabis card in Colorado. And um, I was talking to my mom a lot more frequently about moving out here. And I ended up having my gallbladder removed because they thought that that was the source of my pain. My gallbladder via one of the tests they did had just stopped functioning. So they go in to take it out and they find a massive tumor on my liver and it was bisecting the hepatic vein and artery. So like if you understand anatomy and physiology, the hepatic vein and artery is the primary blood supply like for the whole human body. So like if you hear about someone getting into a car accident or something and like seatbelt lacerations cause internal bleeding and the person dies, it's generally because it severs the hepatic vein and artery. So it's like a super important place to not have a tumor or <laughs> you know what I mean? To, to have a tumor. And so they, they said that this tumor was inoperable. They told me that it was the reason my gallbladder stopped functioning. Basically the way that it grew it grew so large that it pushed my gallbladder out of the way. And it literally stretched my gallbladder to almost six inches long. And the gallbladder is like the size of a lima bean. So like, if you think again about anatomy, the reason I was in that much pain is this thing was stretched out. Well, at least that's what they thought. So I wake up from the surgery, pain is still there. I tell the doctors, they tell me I'm having phantom organ pain and give me another pain pill. So about six weeks post-op, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I called my mom. She bought me a plane ticket. I put everything I owned into storage. I gave my dog to my best friend. I gave my car to my best friend and I left with a backpack. And I was like, that's it. If I'm going to die, I'm going to do it smoking weed because it's the only thing that makes me feel better. So I got to Colorado the next day. I got my medical cannabis card. I went to a dispensary directly from the, the doctor's office and I purchased a, a THC syrup, of course, flour. I bought gummies. I bought a chocolate bar. I bought a lotion. Like I had, of course, never seen these things before. And I was just like, I'm going to buy everything that exists, you know, like, oh my God, this is, this is a game changer. People actually see this as medicine here. And so I bought it all and day by day, I stopped using certain pharmaceuticals. And I realized that one of my biggest symptoms was nausea and the cannabis was like the strongest anti-emetic, anti-nausea medication that I had come across as, as a medical professional and as a patient, I had just never experienced something that could work that quickly and last that long. And I was at a point where I was using Zofran, Promethazine, I mean, Phenergan, name it. I used it and it didn't work. Um, and that was because I actually had a, a massive stone in my right kidney. And so when I thought I was getting better, I was simultaneously getting better thanks to cannabis, but also getting worse because the problem wasn't fixed. So I ended up having two surgeries to my right kidney because I have a congenital anomaly of having two ureters on my right kidney. Um, they finally get the stone out and I'm like, that's it. This is great. I'm better. I'm like going to start a life. This is going to be amazing. And I started working for this doctor um, in this tiny little town called Canyon City, Colorado. Brilliant, brilliant doctor. And um, I had had issues with my menstrual cycle my whole life, basically from age 16. I had dysmenorrhea, I had polycystic ovarian disease, had a lot of issues. And long story short, I ended up having a total abdominal hysterectomy right before I turned 30. And they made an error while closing me and they put me into renal failure. So like, it's like one thing after another. Yeah, this, everything that I'm telling you right now happened over two and a half years, all Jesus. of the, the surgeries, they were back to back to back. 
I, there was the first year, which was 2010, I was on antibiotics for something wildly insane, like 247 days of the 365 days of the year. I went raw. I went vegan. <clears throat> I reset my system literally from the inside out. I went on massive doses of probiotics. I took every herb associated to every organ, you know, copious amounts of milk thistle to rebuild my liver. There were so many things, so many plants. I, I turned to plants during all of this. And so cranberries, I took cranberry extract every day for my kidneys. So renal failure, they then had to put what's called a nephrostomy tube in, which is a bag that drains from your kidney to your thigh and it catches your urine. I wore that for six and a half months until they could do what's called a non-refluxing ureteal reimplantation, which they moved my bladder about an inch up and about a half inch over, and they rerouted a new ureter for me, new spot. And so as a result, I have a condition that's called urinary colic. And it's when, like, if I have to use the restroom and I, and I hold it, you know, especially as I did all those years as a nurse, thank God I don't do nursing anymore. But oh, right. anyways, oh, God. Uh, if I hold it, a little bit of urine goes the tube and it's not supposed to, it's supposed to be non-refluxing. It's supposed to always go down because that's the direction urine is supposed to flow. And, uh, my body rejected the tube that they put in me. It was supposed to stay in for eight weeks in order to keep the, the new ureter, what's called patent or open. And my body rejected the hardware. And it literally almost killed me. I was in the hospital for like 16 days and they came in in the middle of the night at like three o'clock in the morning and they pulled the hardware out of me with no, like no OR, like, basically a nurse holding me down because the doctor looked at me and said, you'll be dead by dawn if I don't do something right now. And there were so many insane moments like that, that happened over such a short period of time that completely changed who I am and how I looked at the medical field, how I looked at Eastern medicine. And uh, thankfully, you know, the doctor saved my life. I left two days later, you know, after this long, unreal hospital stay, I was so delirious. I didn't even like have a cell phone during that time. Cause I didn't even like, I don't even think I would have known what to do with it if I had it. And then let's see, I, I then finally moved to Denver and was like, okay, I'm going to get a job. This is going to be great. And I ended up getting a call from the Porter hospital for liver care. They are one of the best liver hospitals in the nation. <laughs> I ended up with this doctor, an incredible world-renowned surgeon by the name of Dr. Thomas Heffron, who removed a non-removable tumor from my liver in a seven and a half hour procedure laparoscopically. So, what about us? Oh, dude, he's, if you look him up, like he's been in Time Magazine, he's actually done more live liver transplants than any physician in history. He's, he's an absolutely, he was with Emory University for over a decade and he transferred to Porter. I don't even know if he's still there. This is now this December 12th, 12, 12, 12, 12 was my liver resection. So this December 12th will be my 10 year anniversary since this surgery. Like when I woke up from this surgery, it's the healthiest I've ever been. Like your last surgery that well, my stupid shoulders were my last surgery, but from falling and shattering my glass. You, you need a frequent flyer. You should have got a frequent flyer. Dude, you're telling the me. Surgery, like, oh my God. I, when the final surgery, the liver surgeon came into my room, Dr. Hepani came into my room and he said this. Now, mind you, like you guys have all heard now what I, what I went through. So imagine the width of my chart when we still had, we're like docs are still using paper charts, right? Yes. Like there's the, he walks in with this like novel and he's like, if I wouldn't have looked at your demographic, I would have thought you were a 65 year old fat white man. That was what he said to me based on all of the health problems that I had. He thought that I was going to be overweight. He thought I was going to be male. He thought I was, you know what I mean? Like there were all these other, and I was like, wow. And 
I had gotten down to 98 pounds. I had mental health issues. I went super anorexic. As you can imagine, when your body fails you, you retaliate. At least that's what I thought I was doing. And that's a whole other story for another day. But so throughout all this time and throughout all these surgeries, cannabis was my, was my saving grace. Um, and I would dive into studying the plant. The endocannabinoid system was starting to be discussed more and more on, on everyday platforms like CNBC, <laughs> CNN. And you were hearing people like Dr. Sanjay Gupta come forward and change what he had publicly said about the plant. And it made me start looking at cannabis in a completely different light, like in the life-saving light that it, that it gave me, like what did it do for other people? And so when I finally could work again, after the end of two and a half years, it was like, okay, I can't do massage and I can't do nursing. How do I give back to this plant? And so I ended up volunteering for a cannabis like concert thing and was cannabis offered a job. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So it was the Flowbots <laughs> and shout out to Canapages if they ever hear this. This great company called Canapages out of Colorado Spring was uh, these two brothers and they were looking for a bud tender. And I guess I can say this now because it doesn't matter. It's all these years later, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm a bud tender. That's me. I can do that. And they were like, oh, okay, great. In my mind, I'd been packing my own bowls since I was 16 years old. Like how hard could it be to pack a bowl for someone else? Like that was literally a job that they were looking for. Well, I party. Had, so I had to go onto YouTube whenever I first started smoking because I didn't want my brother to make fun of me. Right. And so you I needed to like, like know how. Right. And so, I was like, how do I how do I be a proper stoner? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, these parties, cannabis dispensaries would like basically donate their buds so that they would get customers, basically, right? Like so they would become known and the girls that were bud tenders would stand behind this like makeshift counter and you would bring your bowl or your bong or your smoking device up to the counter and there would be a sign behind the girls that said the name of the strain and you would be like i want to try that strain and then the person would grab the jar and pack the bud and so because i had been to their other parties like i knew the the drill basically so i was like i can do that so I told them that I was an experienced bud tender <laughs> and I was chosen. And so I got to go to the Flowbot show and um, I got to test all of these high times cannabis entries. It was just this amazing experience. And the very next day I got a job offer from one of the dispensaries. And so I go in with my resume, which is me being a nurse and a massage therapist, right? I don't really have any, well, I had trimmed for a dispensary and they did let me put that on there but she looked at me and she was like what do you want me to do with you like make you a manager and I was like yeah that sounds awesome <laughs> so long story short I got my what's called a key badge which is like the same level as ownership and my former boss trained me to do everything she could do and it was a fast and furious entrance into the cannabis space. I felt like by the time she was done with me, I could run any dispensary that I possibly could have needed to. I helped them transition to be one of the first recreational adult use licenses in the state of Colorado from their medical license. And it was an incredible experience. A few minutes ago, I mentioned when I first started using cannabis in Colorado, one of the products I bought was a syrup. It was called Colorado Cannabis Tears. And when I walked into this interview, the wall was covered in this product. And I was like, why do you guys have all the, the tears? And they were like, oh, we're the manufacturer. And I was like, what? You're telling me a product that, that helped save my life I'm now working for? And she was like, yeah, you're hired. And so I ended up doing that for about a year. And one day I got really freaking bored and I was like, what am I doing with my life? I'm rolling joints and I'm making like $14 an hour. Like this is not working for me right now. And I really missed patience and I missed massage. And I wondered what would happen if you rubbed cannabis on someone from head to toe. And so I was like, what's it going to do? So I sat down and I Googled it and nothing came back. 
And I was like, like, what, what does that mean? It's Google, <laughs> right? Like if Google doesn't have an answer, like who are you supposed to ask though? Like it wasn't even so much that I realized I was having like one of those moments, you know what I mean? Like one of those like life-changing moments. It was more, I was more mad at the time. I was like, well, fuck, like, who am I supposed to ask? You know, like who, who's going to mentor me? Like, how am I supposed to know how strong this stuff is supposed to be? Am I going to be able to walk out of there? Like, am I, is my patient going to be freaking glued to my table? Like, how am I supposed to figure all of this out? Like, I was so, so confused and so like excited and alive. And so I chose the name Primal Therapeutics because I feel that the desire for cannabis and the need for human touch are primal. I feel that they're part of us, like our primal instincts. And so um, as a massage therapist, you all know, you are not just a massage therapist. You provide therapeutic healing to people on levels. It's not just massage therapy. You're a therapist and you know what I'm talking about. If you are a massage therapist, people tell you their deepest, darkest, innermost, whoa moments of their lives like you're also a shrink <laughs> we're not but that's cool we learned how to talk to people over time <laughs> but you know what i'm saying so you know i started a spreadsheet and i asked my patients all the same questions and i basically like started creating a theory of what i thought the modality of cannabis massage was or is or what that looked like and shockingly, like three months into being in business, the Denver Post found me. And I still to this day will never know how, but I'll thank them for the rest of my life. Because of them, it put me in Time Magazine. It put me in Travel and Leisure. It put me in High Times. I mean, major publications my first year in business because it was a right place, right idea, right time situation. You know, we had just passed legalization and I wasn't talking about CBD. To this day, my business remains high THC on the massage side because that's what's always set me apart. I started before CBD was our targeted cannabinoid, before the farm bill. This is 2014. And so THC is insanely important. And I hope to one day have a THC spa. But anyways, I digress. So um, I did cannabis massage for the next three years because I really wanted to understand what the modality was, what the definition was, what were the benefits, what were the contraindications, if there were any, what were the things that made it an actual modality and why should massage therapists be doing that instead of anything else? And so my theory became a book, <laughs> a little class book. And I just kind of launched. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You probably have literally like version one or version two. It's on like version 22. Um, but yeah, because I, I obviously I, I rewrite it every year. I change things. I update as necessary. Because if you're coming in now, the book that I wrote in 2017 isn't going to do as good for you. You know what I mean? As, as it is for the people of now. So, so yeah, so I wrote a class called Cannabis Massage 101. And I launched that in 2017. Like I said, you were one of the first students. I have taught students from around the world. It's been an incredible opportunity. I just launched Cannabis Massage 101 online. So it now lives in an online platform, which is really exciting. Um, students are loving that version as well. I still do it in person. Um, and now I have a whole bunch of other classes as well because because I've touched so many people with cannabis, I'm now, I'm not just, that's not the only reason, you know, it's what led me to being in this space of now educating. I am the cannabis educator for the International Aesthetics, Cosmetics, and Spa Conferences. So I speak for their conferences nationwide um, three times a year now because they have three shows. And well, let's let's talk a little bit about the commitments yeah. because I've been to a couple of them um, with you by now. And yeah, a common thing. You notice a common theme and tell me about it of the misinformation and people just regurgitating hype words and trending stuff. So yeah. you know, one thing that sets you apart is you're not just you know word vomiting trending words. That's written about in BuzzFeed. 
And we write so much misinformation out there as well. So how can a massage therapist like really know how to differentiate a manufacturer who's just word vomiting and somebody who actually does use quality product and how to vet people like that? Absolutely. So when it comes to quality products, you know, you can definitely ask for their COAs, which is, you know, an, an analysis of their not only potency, but making sure that there's no pesticide residuals, making sure that there's no processing residuals. Like how is the product created? Is it distillate? Is it isolate? There's a million questions that you could be asking manufacturers specifically, but you'll notice, like you said, there's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot of copy and paste regurgitated information that exists out there. And so, you know, reaching out to the business that you want to start working with and just talking to someone is also a great way to get a feel for a business as well. Like I love talking to our clients on the topical side of things. That's one of the things I love the most about trade shows is just meeting the people that are using the products. Also like going to these major trade shows throughout the U.S. and seeking products that are choosing to vend at these massive trade shows because they're often often good products there as well. You can also like, for example, my full line only comes in glass. You know, there's a lot of products out there that come in plastic and there's a million reasons why we shouldn't be using plastic. So then you've got, you know, ingredients that don't need to be there. So just having a baseline of information, first of all, deciding what you're looking for in a product, I guess is, is a great place to start. That's kind of all over the place of an answer, but there's a lot of, a lot of things that go into it. At what point were you like, huh, maybe I should take a stab at making my own product. It can't be this difficult. Or was it that difficult? No, I make it from your class and got the shortcut version, which is awesome. Yeah. So I would say about probably six months into owning Primal Therapeutics, I had been using, so to back up even further, when I first decided to do this, I bought every topical that dispensaries sold and they were all THC. CBD again was not a thing. I bought every single one that I could buy in a dispensary. And then I would go to my patient's houses and I told you I kept a spreadsheet. And so I would write down the product I used. And if it worked, then I would be like, okay, this is what it did. If it didn't work, then I didn't use it again. I was like, I could never keep up with that info. I require organization, especially for the thoughts in my mind. And so like, I have to have like order. And so long story short, I started to notice inconsistencies with the one product that I was using. And I was like, okay, I'm not the difference. It's gotta be the stuff I'm using. And so I started studying herbalism because at first I was just doing like, you know, my very first topical I ever made was coconut oil and THC, just flour, you know, like the stuff I got at the dispensary, I dropped a nug into some coconut oil and I strained it out and I put it all over my incisions. That was like the most rudimentary, like topical I ever made. Flash forward for Primal Therapeutics. I really started to wonder about all of the herbal allies, all of the other plants that I felt saved my life. What plants would work in conjunction with cannabis to provide the most therapeutic effect? And so that was really when everything changed. I started studying herbalism, both online and in person. And I really just kind of dove into making concoctions like a kitchen witch and just trying different recipes and like showing up at my patient's houses and being like, okay, I made a new one. And they'd be like, oh God, Jordan. And I'd be like, no, 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 it's going to be great. It's going to be great (laughs) because I gave people hives, you know, I gave myself (laughs) hives. It was definitely a thing. And part of my, you know, early days of, of learning how to formulate definitely was using way too high. I was like, no, there needs to be as much as possible. No, uh-huh. there doesn't. Uh, and so, you know, there was a, a big learning curve there. I think I was just so excited and so eager in the beginning. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kept just 
finagling the recipe until I remember there was this one month very in particular where every single person's hotel or Airbnb that I went to when I was done with the massage, they looked at me and said, where do I buy the stuff that you just put on me? And I was like, holy crap. Oh my God. Like I could sell this stuff. I never thought about that side of things. I was just making it so that use it. You know what I mean? Like I was perfecting the one thing. Like I didn't ever realize that I would end up with like a line of products and it's like the, start the making skincare products. The you know, like I didn't pull them all. <laughs> I didn't know. I had that now is like such a big focus in my life because my liver resection made me look at products differently, right? Like even products like biofreeze and like, you know, stuff that are used in spas all the time. Like I just, I decided that chemicals were just no longer an option for my largest organ. And I wanted my product line to reflect that. And so I only use organic oils. I only use organic herbs. I only use organic essential oils. The beeswax I use is from a farm that's like 10 miles away from my house. And I've met the, the beekeeper and I buy my beeswax in these like 25 pound blocks now, instead of, you know, having this long shipping line of whatever. The hemp also is, is grown like 15 miles from my house. The farm is owned by a former RN and her biochemist son. It's, it's incredible to, to now I get to support local farms and support my environment and my patients and my clients all at the same time. So never saw any of this part coming. I really didn't. I, I thought that it was going to be cannabis massage or bust, but it definitely feels like my focus these days is far more honing in on the products themselves. Whenever I took your class, you were teaching us how to make some of the products and I need to go back and look at the manual because I haven't made anything in such a long time. <laughs> but I just remember like all the, your class was so immersive. Like I'm sure it'll be more difficult to do this in your online course, but we were smelling all the stuff and it was beautiful, but yeah. it was the first time that I heard about like distillate versus isolate. And I know some of the people listening may not know the difference or what exactly that yes. is. Yes. So, so and if we spectrum, think about well. distillate, a distillate is a distilled compound of a plant. So like essential oils are distilled compounds of a plant. So lavender, it, you know, oil is a distilled version of lavender. That's where we get the, the terpene linalool. So isolate, iso means one, means isolated. So individual compound. So an isolate would be CBD by itself versus distillate would be all of the plant because all you're doing is distilling it down into a concentrated form. So you're still going to have the terpenoids, the flavonoids, you're still going to have like an aroma, you're still going to have, there's all, all the other components are still going to be present. It'll be a full spectrum of cannabinoids as well. So naturally when hemp grows, it doesn't just produce cannabidiol or CBD, or even low amounts of THC, it also produces cannabinoids like CBN, a CBG, CBDA, CBGV. And so those other cannabinoids are also present in a distillate versus an isolate there. Those cannabinoids would not be present. So going back to misinformation, when you guys are out there and you are shopping for products, if someone says to you, oh yeah, you're going to love this full spectrum isolate, turn around and walk away. Because think about what that means. Full spectrum isolate. Full spectrum means everything is there. Isolate means one thing is there. So scientifically, you can't have a full spectrum isolate. It's a fancy terminology to be a marketing ploy because full spectrum sounds so good. You're like, oh, full, full. Yeah, I want all the things, right? But some places because of laws still need to have CBD by itself. So that's where this, these definitions are most important is if you are in a state that is CBD only, you are typically not looking for a full spectrum product. You would be looking for what is called broad spectrum 
So that would be everything with T, everything with CBD minus the THC, but isolate means CBD by itself. So much terminology, <laughs> which obviously you go over in your class and I oh yes, we go over lots of things. Unfortunately, I'm not in a legal state. No, no, I lie. I have, I'm in Louisiana currently. And then I have my quote medical card here, but there's no actual card. I just literally got on a phone consult with the doctor and she's like, okay, cool. Go to the pharmacy, pick out anything you want. And I'm like, but I have anxiety. Aren't you going to tell me what the fuck to use? And that kind of annoyed me a little bit, but no. for someone who might be diving in into cannabis, like a lot of these, I don't know how educated the doctors are and, and it can be kind of hard to discern um how do well, you not use you know like for your yeah. you know that's that is the scary part and that is you know unfortunately the reality right now is that you know at this point unless you are going to a college that is specific to having a cannabis program medical schools are still not teaching about the endocannabinoid system which is like bonkers because we've known about it since the 90s. So like you guys have had plenty of time to update textbooks. And instead of teaching about, you know, this set amount of uh, body systems, we're like missing the one system that like combines all the other systems. Okay, wait, I just went on a tangent. What was your question? <laughs> it's okay. Actually, I I forgot. It's <laughs> but um. See, now I'm like off track because I totally lost my train of thought. What, oh no, just, you know, like how to discern what strain might be good to you if even some of these doctors just aren't well-educated. Like for me, it's definitely Absolutely. been like a Russian roulette or whatever I can get my hands on. And that's- So yeah, if, if, <laughs> if you are someone who has access to a dispensary or you're someone that has access to a cannabis dealer that has more than one strain, your nose always knows. And so, you know, dear listeners, I'm sure you've had a moment where you have smelled a strain of cannabis and your brain has immediately gone, ew, that smells like hay. Oh my God, gross. What is that? Don't smoke that because your brain just communicated with you that you don't need to smoke that. Now on the same or on the other hand, we've all had that strain where we open the bag or the jar and it's like, oh my God, I want to live inside of you. I could literally set up camp. I want to hang this from my rear view mirror in my car. This is the best smell I've ever smelled. If you smell cannabis that smells like that, buy it. Because your body has just communicated with you. The terpenes have communicated with you and explained you need this. It's the same principle when you think about essential oils. If you've ever smelled an essential oil that was like supposed to be for clarity and you smell it and your body's Chilly. like, you don't Chilly. need that clarity right now. <laughs> you don't. Your body was like, no, put it down. On the other hand, if you pick up an essential oil blend and your body's like, oh my God, I'm or whatever you need to feel, you should buy that blend because your terpenes, your body is communicating with those specific terpenes and it is providing you with the calm that you need. So to, to take this even into a, a deeper explanation, when a terpene is a sedating type terpene, you're talking like linalool or myrcene or carophylline, beta carophylline. Those are all like, like chill terpenes. And those are very common terpenes found in cannabis. Now, if we talk about limonene and pinene, so things that smell like pine boxes or things that smell like oranges, those are going to be more sativa dominant strains because they are elevating terpenes. So the terpenes do just as much for our high or our experience as the cannabinoids themselves. Yes. I remember you talking about the terpenes in your class and we were using some of those and the products as well and that was like so much fun that was definitely my favorite part was making all this stuff it's so was awesome random question for you so you know those like weed butter infusers I really want to butter infusers whatever I really want to get one and use it for like coconut oil just for my own massage oil is that like a good device to use or I mean I think it would depend like on which one you use I mean the most easiest 
method to do is just a double boil on low and slow. You know, just use your stovetop. If you want to go even like more old school witches brew, it's now winter. So it's a little bit more difficult, but just putting your nugs in a jar of oil and sitting it in the sunlight on your windowsill for six weeks. That's an four, even four days in Louisiana. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, now it'll, now it'll freeze here in Colorado, but um, that's definitely always also the old school kitchen, witch way of doing, you know, infusions is with the sun. And it's also the most gentle. So other than that, you can do a low and slow, easy boil. Those machines, the temperature may get too hot. And so when you change the temperature of cannabinoids, you change the cannabinoids. You convert them into different cannabinoids. So to give you an example of if you were eating them and turning this into a coconut oil you were going to put in your body, not on your body, then you're talking about the process of decarboxylization and you're taking it from an active comp or non-active compound to an active compound. So now that's a whole other episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> I learned so much for you from you, Jordan. You are so incredibly knowledgeable with and like generous with your knowledge too. And I just love like how you're just constantly educating and really active and you know, all the the cannabis chapters and organizations and everything. It's definitely very much inspiration. And I learn from you every freaking time we talk. It's awesome. And thank you. And last time I went to Colorado, I went to this awesome little party that you did. And it's so much fun. And we have to tell everybody about it because it was amazing. And I just wanted to live there. And I'm like, can I do this? <laughs> this is awesome. Thank but you. <laughs> we have to set another one up, but it's just such a unique way to like use whatever product that you're using. Of course, I like yeah. yours because that was the best fucking foot soak I've ever had in my life. <laughs> Thank you. But um, yeah. but, for, but for people who want to still like offer services and kind of introduce their clients to it and maximize their time and profits, like your little spa parties are the perfect freaking way to do that. And I know logistically it's a bit to set up because it does require quite a bit of planning. But I wanted you to tell our listeners a little bit about that party because it was just so much fun. And I just, I think about it all the time. I do. I love I'm, it. I'm so glad that you had a good time. About, God, almost be four years ago, uh, when I was really launching my product line, Primal Healing, I was looking for a way to launch it to my local community. And so I figured, you know, if I got some local customers trying the things, then I got solid feedback, then I would know that I was on the right track with my line because I had just launched the soak. And originally when I started, it was a soak and scrub. It was like a dual product. And then I completely split them and they were totally different. And so I just, you know, I had just launched the serums for facials and it was like, I just wanted to be able to try everything. So I hired some estheticians. And I hired, you know, more massage therapists. And personally, I focused my parties on the changing of the seasons. When we go through the change of seasons and we go through the equinoxes and, and the solstices, our bodies require different things. And so I would like start with like, you know, what people should be meditating on throughout the day. And, you know, I put like tarot cards out and I have this one section where I provide like adult coloring books and arts and crafts. Yeah. And I encourage people to, to bring out their inner child. You know, I encourage people to, to play for the day and I have bowls of cannabis everywhere. And I have, you know, people can just imbibe as they want. They can just roll joints or they can smoke bowls or they can just take dabs or whatever. And I have sponsors and, you know, I, I have a place that is safe for them to consume and to be who they are. And we do, you know, smaller versions of our services. And I do all the food is typically themed as well. I remember and those cannabis shaped waffles. Yes. 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 You know, shout out to Waffle Eye. Um, you know, years ago, I reached out to them and I was like, Hey, I'm going to do these bliss parties, you know, like 
it's all cannabis themed and I want to do a cannabis waffle bar. And they were like, what? <laughs> and so we did, we did, we, we made waffles like all day. It was so great. We were like putting anything in the waffle maker. I use it like, at least once a week to this day. I'm like looking behind me because it's back there somewhere in my kitchen. <laughs> yeah. It was this amazing series. Um, we would do like goodie bags for all the guests. Just putting cannabis everywhere that I could in the flower arrangements, you know, um, everywhere because it's, it's such an incredible plant that's so versatile. Like let's showcase it everywhere. Even in my foot soaks, we drop a cannabis leaf into the soak and it just set it off. You know, it's not just like the floral bath. It's like, it's the cannabis floral bath, you know, it's the, it's the next level for your guest to just make them feel like the queen or the king that they are. People don't take time for self-care. And so this ended up being such an amazing way. Oh, we did cannabis yoga. Yeah. Um, I have a cannabis breathwork teacher. You know, I just, I've, I've brought different elements in throughout. I've had Reiki before, just trying to keep it as wellness focused as possible and educational and relaxing. <laughs> it's a lot all into one, but you know, I think I'm a lot all into one. So get it all in. It was awesome. I think whenever I went, there was maybe like, I think you capped it at maybe 12 people. Yep. And it was just so intimate and cozy. And I just walked in and you're like, oh, here's your slip of paper with your schedule. Your chair massage is at this time. You could do ganja yoga at any time and your facials at this time. Otherwise, have fun. Yeah, do you. Know? you. It was just, it was so beautiful. I love like really intimate, customized experiences mm -hmm. like that. Now I just want to throw like cannabis parties all over the US. Yeah, Maybe. we tried it. Like I did, the most guest I did at one time was 22. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was too much. Like I was in, like, I think we had like a five bedroom house and it was still crammed. It was still like, it just felt so turn and burn. And the therapists were so exhausted by the end of the day. It wasn't fair to anyone, you know, like even as a host, like it just wasn't. And so that day I was like, all right, the only way I'll ever do 22 again is if it's two days back to back. And there was quite a while where I was going to put it into two days just because the demand was so high and then the pandemic happened. So, you know, and once it's been slow building to come back, you know, I think I'll try again in 2023. My, my beloved yoga teacher actually, or I should say event bliss, our yoga teacher, she had two strokes after delivering her child six days after her, her delivering her child. And so I want her to be a part of it. And so we've really just kind of taken the last few months off in respect for her healing. And I look forward to picking the journey back up again with her in the new year for sure. Well, that's what we have to do is just uplift each other and help mm -hmm. each other out. And sometimes the person that you help is not the person that's going to help you and just keep that love and good karma going around and I know we both get frustrated with people in our industry and we have to remind each other like <laughs> yes it's okay this is all for the good of the the industry like the it's greater so good than in person and you know it's really nice to have that that safe sounding board too and if anyone needs a safe sounding board especially to talk about our favorite topic definitely talk to Jordan about it not me though because I don't know shit about <laughs> Well, I know what I learned in Jordan's class. So I'm not, you know, don't let me discount myself too much. No, don't ever discount yourself in general. <laughs> oh, oh man, my memory is a bit, bit bad though. I do want to retake your class because I remember whenever I went to the last convention and you were teaching your 102 class, I'm like, oh, this is so good. And I know that's a much more condensed, shortened version because it's, you know, at a, a public like convention so you have to condense it down so it's just so exciting like the quality of work that you put together and how you're always adding to it and like you said at the beginning like that book that I have now <laughs> probably could be like three times the size oh my god that's so great that you have it though that makes me so happy yes. I hope that all my students keep it like I just took this writing class and I kept saying I have you know imposter syndrome and I kept saying to my fiance I'm not a writer and he looked at me one day and he said, you literally wrote a book for your class years ago. 
And I was like, oh, yeah. I forgot I did that. So it's it's funny how, you know, you get outside of yourself and you don't even realize like what you've just spent the last almost decade doing. Well, if you would have if you would have just waited around and you know to publish something when it whenever it was like ready or much bigger, oh my god, I have to research more, then it never would fucking be out in the right. public. It would have never happened. That's why there's never like, right, like second revisions and stuff to things yeah. because people add on and they learn. So yeah, if you're working on anything, please don't fall into the trap of perfectionism and imposter syndrome. And you know what? Men don't get imposter syndrome hardly. It's very rare. Isn't that crazy? It it's is. Not, I'm not from it. <laughs> I definitely know. do. I know we could chat all night because you're amazing yeah. and I adore you and we already do chat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but I cannot wait to go back up to Colorado and spend a little time there. And um, I will be teaching for people that are listening. I will be teaching a couple of courses in Colorado this year. I'm not going to announce what they are yet, but I will let everyone know when the dates are and a finalization with the link and everything. But I'm so excited to finally start teaching CEUs. I've been resisting this shit for like six or seven years. Cause Stop I didn't want resisting. To, I didn't want to deal with the alphabet soup people, our national, like whatever. Like <laughs> well, I mean that's part of I don't I don't deal with those people. They won't deal with me. Like they refuse to deal with me to oh, be really yeah the national NCBTMB and AMTA have refused since 2017 to certify me as an educator because I work with a federally schedule one substance. I could have sworn we've seen, like I've seen CBD. Well, maybe I know there's different classes out there, but it well, never- now you're, you're right. If I would have decided to say CBD or hemp, but we're talking about the cannabis plant. The plant is cannabis. The definition of hemp is cannabis that is less than 0.3% THC. We were just given that definition truly legally by the, the 2018 farm bill. So like I, I have always refused to change the name cannabis massage to CBD massage because even if you're just using one component or one cannabinoid, it came from the cannabis plant. And so I'm just trying to destroy, you know, stereotypes and destroy propaganda and destroy people's fear of that word. Cause that's what it all is. It's, it's the cannabis plant. Marijuana is cannabis. Weed is cannabis. It's, it's all the same. Marijuana is a derogatory way to say cannabis. So you'll hear me use that word. I just say the devil's anything. lettuce. It's my favorite. <laughs> Mother ganja, the devil's lettuce, like whatever. Yeah, you know, the devil's lettuce was definitely a propaganda word. Like, you know, reefer madness. It comes from from the film Reefer Madness. You know, the the government itself sent out those tapes to churches around the country and churches would play it and people would come and they would offer free refreshments uh, to to watch Reefer Madness. And they completely demonized the plant and it, it changed everything. And so that's what we've been coming back from, you know, like that's, that's literally what we've been coming back from for the last 50 years plus. Fear spreads really, really easily. So easily. Uh -huh. And it really so, does. Also shout out to Colorado for legalizing psilocybin. Fuck yes. That's an amazing win. Decriminalizing. Oh, but yeah. Okay. So is that okay? Cool. So, so yeah, closer. We're getting there. So, yes, one step closer. They've decriminalized the the ethnogen, but they they legalized the ability to have a sitter sit with you for a guided journey. That's what was legalized, but decriminalized as a whole. Yes, man, we are getting so much closer. Maybe Louisiana and Texas will follow suit soon. That would be amazing. Oh God, Texas is Texas would still be its own country if it let it. <laughs> Right. I know I watch Handmaid's Tell and I'm like, yep, Texas is not part of it. <laughs> you know. But I mean, <laughs> now we're getting into like dangerous territory here because we all know what's happening right now. <laughs> Anyways, I will get to Colorado any possibly time that I can. Yeah. I'm so yeah. excited. Forward to seeing you soon. Yes. And hopefully we can kind of combine forces while I'm up there and maximize time and maybe do a two day spa party, Airbnb thing. And yeah. Retreat thing. Like, I think that would be a really great move 
for us to do and we we should start planning it when we get off this podcast well my my mind is like okay if i'm gonna pay that much money for a conference room or a school then i mean i need a place to stay still anyway so i don't want to get a hotel i'll just get an airbnb and i've already done it a million times for cannabis massage 101 it's like it makes so much sense because the students appreciate it too and so then you you know, you guys as students will have the option to either room alone or to room with someone and your price will change accordingly. And of course you have the option to not stay on grounds with us. You can stay at a hotel nearby and that, that information will be made available to you, but I think it would be great. I think we should, you know, have cannabis yoga and I think we should definitely, you know, have the good foods and all of the things. I don't expect you not to have good food. You always be having good snacks and stuff. Yeah. You get out of that like $800 cleaning fee on Airbnb because that's really what's tripping me up right now with planning stuff. So they're not all that bad, you know? And I think in the past, I've actually reached, I reach out to the homeowner and I like, I tell them what I'm doing there. I send them link to my website and I'm like, look, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I want to do. I want to teach a class at your house. And I'm just honest, you know, like I've learned throughout both planning my bliss events and teaching my, my classes in person, you know, people appreciate honesty. I'm not throwing a party, even the bliss party. It's like, I'm throwing a spa day. I'm not asking my guests to stay overnight and the party isn't overnight or at night. It's in broad daylight. (laughs) You know what I mean? And so you're just, when you're honest with someone, they're going to tell you either, I don't want my home used for that purpose. Or they're going to say, wow, can I be a guest at this thing? Which I've had happen. So like, (laughs) you know, I think it's, easier than people think, you know, you just, you just have to put yourself out there and you just have to be honest. So before we hop off, I want to leave everyone with the cool hack that I actually heard about has nothing to do with cannabis, but that should be a completely different episode. So whenever you're looking for an Airbnb or Verbo, apparently, and I haven't done this yet, but apparently if you take the photo from the listing and you run it through Google reverse image, Suppose like sometimes in, in a lot of cases, you can find the original website and listing and the price is often okay. different and much lower, but not all the time because a lot of people are just renting out their spare bedrooms in their house or whatever. Or so you have to like do a little bit of legwork and research. So maybe right. that's something that we can use <laughs> to search for things, but hopefully that helps somebody out whenever they're traveling and hopefully it works for somebody still waiting. It's on good it. to know something I'm willing to try. Yes, I am about to go take a wonderful bubble bath and smoke a bowl. And now I wish I had your cannabis soak. But I I'll wish you did too. Just deal with the bubbles. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you well, so much, Jordan. For yeah, thank you. And part I appreciate two, your time. I'm sure. <laughs> I appreciate your time very much. And yeah, if anybody has any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. You can email me at jordan at primalhealing.com or you know check us out at the skincare show in vegas yes i will be speaking first in february i think it's february 20th at naspro um it'll be my first time speaking for that circuit and then super excited for march for the international aesthetics cosmetics and spa conference in new york I will actually be offering three classes. I will be offering CBD and cannabis massage for the spa professional. I will be offering uh, skincare, CBD skincare for acne, rosacea, and other chronic conditions, as well as a new business class that I'm crafting called Hemp My Spa. Ooh, which reminds me, I totally need to order more salve and, and stuff because the class that I'm going to teach for CEUs involves using a body product like that. So I'm super excited. So, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see you at all the skincare shows and everything. And, and in Denver this year, we'll definitely keep everyone posted on where we will be. Contact Jordan if you have any questions or need yes. mentorship, because I keep telling her to like, you need to be coaching and mentoring people. So I'm just throwing that out there for people. She's not going to advertise herself but I tell her to all the time. So if you need 
an amazing mentor on CBD and cannabis, you definitely don't want to be getting it from, you know, any other source, like, especially when it comes to the massage. Thank you. So Plus, you know all the laws. You're like practically a lawyer, <laughs> you know. Not this- well, I I served Denver Normal, the national organization for their former marijuana laws. I was the executive director for almost five years. So, you know, I've I've provided public testimony at the local, state, and federal level. I I have that whole background, and so that is a big big part of made me who I am in business as well. And so I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned there at the end, because I was thinking about that. I was like, wow, I never talked about normal, but I'm glad I just got to to get that in there because that is where all that comes from. For sure. I got I to gotta help you toot your horn, girl. We often, you know, we're so good about praising other people, but when it comes to ourselves, we're often so shy and humble. I always say just, you know, be, be humble with the touch of Kanye. <laughs> That's probably not the best reference right now. Uh, anyways Jordan thank you so much for hanging out with us we're gonna put all the resources and links and goodies and everything that we made for you guys in the show notes and just reach out to us if you have any questions or want to sit around and smoke with us online (laughs) (laughs) bye Okay, badasses, that's what I have for you today. If you have any other tips or tricks or ideas, please be sure to send them over to me at badassbodyworkers at gmail.com or send me a voice memo on Facebook. 